0: Hey there non-plus listeners. You're the sort of person who likes to partake of a tipple from time to time. A what? A tipple. you know, it's a bit of, it's a bit of booze, but coyly and a little British.
1: Coyly British is my stage name.
0: Okay, if you enjoy <laughs> a cocktail from time to time and you're looking at jazz things up a bit because honestly, who's not right now? You should definitely check out Shaker and Spoon.
1: Yeah, Shaker and Spoon is a really cool subscription service that helps you be your own mixologist. They send you a new box every month centered around a carefully curated cocktail theme.
0: Inside, you'll find all your ingredients, instructions, and even mixology definitions to help you craft your very own fancy cocktails. Spice up your next Zoom happy hour with a little something special for yourself. You provide the poison, Shaker and Spoon provides the pizzazz.
1: Subscribe now through June 12th to get next month's putting on the Spritz box that will boost your bubbles with the undeniable elegance of elderflowers. That's
0: pretty flowery phrasing.
1: Wouldn't you say I rose to the occasion? Oh God, I'm wilting. <laughs> <laughs> to sign up and get $20 off your first box, head over to shakerandspoon.com forward slash nonplussed.
0: That's shaker, A-N-D spoon.com slash non plus. So you got to spell out that and sign up now before June 12th. Get that put on the spritz box and get $20 off on us. Yeah, I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. You know what my favorite part of this movie was? What? We were not forced to think about Nazis or boobies
1: once. This is entirely true. Nary a breast exposed. Nor a fascist Imposed. Bum <laughs> bum that over there is josh and that over there is clancy and thanks for joining us for another episode of our gay romp through the disney plus catalog here
0: on nonplussed hi yes, honey hello how are you doing
1: i'm really good yeah
0: we're holding up okay yeah had some big
1: news this morning oh my god yes yeah so that was something to wake up to
0: okay so i mean last year we heard that the version of Hamilton that was filmed with the original cast. Like we knew this happened in 2016. Yeah. yeah. Ages ago. We knew this, this was, this was news years ago. And this is a thing that happens. Um, either it's for archival purposes. Sometimes you'll see something on great performances on PBS. Yep. Yep. All this is so late last year, we heard that that was going to come to theaters Mm -hmm. in 2021, but now it's going to be coming on July 3rd this year to Disney plus. Hamilton with the original cast, the original
1: primary cast. It's super exciting. Now we I have seen this once before. I think Josh, you've seen it twice. No, just once. So the time, win. the time that we went,
0: the time that we went is the only time I have seen it live. You're thinking of cursed child, which I have seen three times, right? You yes. never went
1: to New York and saw Hamilton. God, no,
0: how was I supposed to get
1: tickets? <laughs> Fair enough.
0: So yeah, that's happening and we're going to cover it. We're already talking about how we're going to cover it. We're very excited about this.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, what, I I, wait, I mean, my reaction was that of being non this morning, just sort of like,
1: <laughs> what? I felt an energy when he woke up this morning. That was I definitely just a different. Pee. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Or check my
0: turnip prices, one or the other. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's exciting. And speaking of turnip prices, our Animal Crossing
1: islands are coming along quite nicely. Yes, I'm, I'm about three days away from moving all of my houses into the places where they need to be.
0: Yeah, I've got to shift an orchard over. I collected all of my flowers and organized them by color so that when I start doing flower beds again, I can really see all of my options. And this is just sort of what our life is like <laughs> while we're isolating and, and social distancing. And that's just fine. I'm really loving Animal Crossing, except for the parts of Animal Crossing that I'm not loving. Mostly the UX experience, but that's neither here nor there.
1: Speaking of social distancing. Oh, yes. uh, We've got some new merch. Well, Mischief Media has a whole
0: social distancing line. Yes. On on MischiefMerch.com. So like they've got one that's uh, like a t-shirt for Zoom University and one that says many people are typing. So there's all that. But also, but also we teased it last week.
1: We have a t-shirt that has a old it's retro a cute, tv on yes. a pink shirt it is the cutest thing that jordan has ever made oh my goodness i mean i'm sure people will
0: debate that but of course we're partial yes this jordan edwards design i mean the whole team of designers at mischief does the does brilliant work they've got that social distancing line yep. our first t-shirt i'm sure there's going to be more stuff all of this and more at MischiefMerch.com. so dang excited yeah can't wait for ours to arrive i'm very very excited
1: what movie did we do this week josh we did
0: Onward. And of course, all of our research comes from Wikipedia, IMTB, Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think we really looked at anything else for this one. Like sometimes I'll link little special articles that we talk about. I'll link it the the Hamilton article in the show notes.
1: Okay. Since we talked about that. This is one of the first movies that Disney has ever put on the streaming service immediately after being in theaters.
0: Even while it was still in theaters, because I mean, everything was shutting down at the time. And in fact, this was the last movie you and I, you and I, this was the last movie you and I saw before they closed us all up in our apartment. He's right. <laughs>
1: that was awful
0: oh my god we lost listeners
1: over that yeah, i'm keeping it much. in it's because you know we should be ridiculed for that for sure this was released on march 6 2020 so yep not long ago no
0: and what's <laughs> funny is remember i went to d23 for a day last yep. summer and they had the uh the van uh oh, guinevere like yeah, yeah, as yeah. a thing i think i've got photos somewhere if we have them I'll throw them up uh, on Insta. Yeah,
1: I'm getting hip with the social medias. Oh okay. no! Released on March sixth, 2020. This was directed by Dan Scanlon. Um, he's only 43. Uh, he's also directed Monsters University, and was in the art animation departments for a couple of Disney sequels. Like, yeah, like he did
0: storyboarding on some and concepts oh, on others. Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool, yeah. Cool. It was just he's been. It's just so funny that he's been a part of Disney exclusively for these sequels direct to these were all direct to dvd direct to video sequels
1: this is his first non-sequel movie to be working on yes yeah it's his first original and when it's actually a,
0: a story that he spun up like it, it was inspired by the death of his father Oh wow. um, when he and his brother were younger in their relationship and he decided to write this story after hearing an audio clip uh of his father oh yeah um, so it was written by Scanlan and also Jason Headley, um, who mostly did work on short films before this mm-hmm. and Keith, uh, I'm going to say Bunin. Uh, who wrote Horns, the Daniel Radcliffe movie where he was like a devil person. Oh, right. Yeah, I never saw that. Me neither. <laughs> I'm thirsty for D-Rad, but not that thirsty for D-Rad. Music by Michael Dana. He actually got a Golden Globe and an Oscar for the Life of Pi score.
1: Oh, rad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah and then he did Cold Comfort, Johnny Mnemonic, 8mm, and a whole bunch of other like, bleh. I don't know. They're kind of kind of art films. They're kind of statement pieces, but they are critically acclaimed or known for uh, cool visuals or story approaches. I don't, nice. I don't know how to talk about movies. Yeah. Why why am i doing this podcast <laughs> and jeff dana who most recently did the um animated adams family oh, okay uh, he did the music for the colony he did the silent hill movies um and boondock saints he did the music for boondock saints
1: oh red okay that's so again cool. like
0: really um uh, i don't know provocative background for for the source of the music for this film yeah evocative surely and i think that that's felt throughout
1: yeah for sure so what was onward about josh
0: Thankfully, I've got this handy-dandy little synopsis here. Let me just uh, dust off my announcer voice. Teenage elf brothers Ian and Barley embark on a magical quest to spend one more day with their late father. Like any good adventure, their journey is filled with cryptic maps, impossible obstacles, and unimaginable discoveries. But when dear mom finds out her sons are missing, she teams up with the legendary Manticore to bring her beloved boys back home.
1: Yeah, that's about what the movie's about. That's that's uh that's about right. There's no extras on Disney Plus. There's no extras. And I get I mean I get well, it. Well, there is a extra, which is the trailer. The trailer, yes. So this is Pixar's 22nd feature film. Yeah. Um which is kind of impressive. Like a lot of movies. Coco, the movie mm-hmm. that came before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie relies heavily on the cloth simulation that they kind of worked with on Coco. Yeah.
0: So like Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the criticism get, gets lost on this movie. Like, but, Oh, it doesn't, you know, it's not a huge leap forward. It, there might not be major visual technological leaps that were made with this right. film, but it's the combination of all of this. What like,
1: yeah, this is Ian's this is the, hair.
0: You, it looks like you could just run. It's curly. You could run your fingers through it. I yeah. wanted to that sweet baby. Yeah. Angel. This is the
1: the culmination of all of the technology that they've come up to this point, And then they've implemented that. And this is a movie that they could execute on with not really having to, I mean, not to say that they didn't do anything new for this, but like this was very much executed on the Pixar model. And like, that's good. And there's,
0: it's tricky to get into a space where you're juxtaposing fantasy and reality. Like this Mm -hmm. can go really great or really bad. And I think one of their major successes with this film is the way that they integrated very viscerally real, real world spaces yes like the school and stuff with these still sort of like softly textured fantasy edged inhabitants yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it really does feel like i want to rp i want the i want that the quest book the quest of your what i want that source book like i love the idea one of my favorite tropes honestly is that sort of fantasy and reality merging. And I, I really, I thought the way that it happened here was charming uh-huh. because it, it's regaining lost culture. Yeah, for sure. You know, to yeah. a degree, I mean, it real, like my white guilt reared its ugly head, uh, from time to time as did my own unresolved issues with my mother's passing. So like this whole film was very evocative for oh, me. Yeah, and for I don't sure. just for the, I, I I'm kind of like mad on its behalf for the critical reception. <laughs>
1: A little bit. And I mean, Pixar movies have always been that way They're They've always, they're
0: lightning rod. Right. From reading some of the reviews, I think that where people perceive onward as a, as a flop or not up to standards for Pixar or whatever, Mm -hmm. is that previous films are much broader. Take inside out. Like the idea of going through those churning emotions as a teenager, that's a universal concept. Even the idea of your toys having another life that somehow reflects your own inner challenges with growth, right? These are universal concepts. What is marginally less universal is this experience of loss of a parent. And even for those who who do see something in it, it's not always a joy to have that scene. Yeah, for sure. It's, ooh, it felt good. It was cathartic. For right. Sure. Yeah. Um. And that doesn't always translate. A cathartic experience doesn't always translate into like a universal, a universally reflective. No, because experience. if you don't have that
1: experience, you don't really know what you're feeling. You, you know that. You know that this is hard, but you don't know right. how hard it is.
0: And I am not a licensed anything. This yeah. is just in terms of how I have a relationship with movies like this given that both of my parents have passed and my mother most recently, how many times have we been in a movie and suddenly something's like, Oh God,
1: Oh God, it's a parental issue. And yeah, like, I, I just, I, I feel the squeeze from his hand and it's just like, okay, on his leg. Thank you very much. Yeah, oh, and yeah, it's like, still. it's like
0: finger bruises at the end of the night because like, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a knuckle down. But then again, also 10 years ago when I was here in Austin, and I wasn't seeing anyone. My dumbass went and saw up alone.
1: Oh God.
0: So I do this to myself is my point. And maybe that's not entirely healthy.
1: Who knows? No, no. I think that it's definitely good. It's, it's good to be in those feelings or or let those, those sort of things, let yourself experience those sort of things. Sure. Because if you don't, you can't process it if you don't address it. My point is,
0: is that these are the sorts of things you start to think about when you're confronted with a film like this, where it's this visceral, for sure, because uh, the the Barley Ian
1: story was just so visceral.
0: Um, but we'll get into it. So let's talk yeah. about the cast.
1: Yeah. So we've got Tom Holland um, as Ian Lightfoot. He, um, he he played a. I think he played a spider on on um, in, in the MCU. No, no, no. Movies. He played a, he played a man. Oh, he played a man dressed as a spider.
0: Well, uh, not exactly. But, but continue. Sorry, I didn't interrupt.
1: Keep going. Uh, he also recently did VO, uh, in, uh, do and spies in disguise. Yeah. He's like the kid who turns the spy into the pigeon in spies in disguise. Bless. Uh, he was also in the current war, but no, most notably to me at least. Yeah. He was in the original stage production of Billy Elliot.
0: He was one of the original Billy's. And then we saw a production of Billy Elliot. We did At La Morada. La uh with Vicky Lewis as um Mrs. Wilkinson. That's
1: right. The dance
0: teacher. But yeah. she was from News Radio and she's done a whole bunch of other stuff. But For I sure. used to love
1: her in News Radio. Yeah, no, she's great.
0: And then um so Chris Pratt was Barley Lightfoot. Uh, he's Andy and Parks and Rec. Most recently seen on television as Andy and Parks and Rec. Uh of course he is Star Lord. He was he's Owen in Jurassic Owen. World. He's Emmett in the Lego movie. He is making his coin from some of the biggest brands
1: in yeah, the world. <laughs> yeah. He's doing really well for himself, mm-hmm. but that's pretty much all they want to talk about. about yeah.
0: Let's just keep on moving to Julia Louis Dreyfus Laurel Lightfoot, Yes, girl. So never she's, I, as I was doing my research, wh- literally one of
1: the most awarded actresses in the history of television. Right. Cause I mean, veep has been, it feels like veep has been on forever.
0: Never, mind, never, mind veep Seinfeld. And then her other oh, series enough. that she did. And I mean, literally like she's been talk about hustle. She's been hustling since she played the yuppie neighbor in national lampoons, Christmas vacation. Holy
1: shit. You're right. Oh, I loved them. Right? Yeah.
0: She even did. She did a guest spot on a single episode of dinosaurs.
1: We also have Octavia Spencer who is playing the manticore. Yes. And we'll discuss the debacle over that character name. When we
0: get to her a little bit, her next thing is, She's the grandmother in the remake of *The Witches*. A. I didn't know they were doing a remake of roll Dolls: The Witches*. And B. Anne Hathaway is starring as the
1: Grand High Witch. I don't think I've seen *The Witches*. <gasps> oh, it's not a Disney property. It's not. Oh, but we'll, probably just, we'll have to. We're watch just gonna it have to watch point. it. It's
0: terrifying. Damn. Anyway. Um, but yeah, again, nearly 30 year career uh, in film. She did was in a time to kill in 1996. She was in being John Malkovich. Oh. She was in Spider-Man in 2002. Yes. She um, was. But, like her career, of course, really took off when she was in the help, uh, playing mm-hmm. Minnie Jackson. Um, got that, got her an Oscar. Yeah. Of course she was, um, she was Mrs. Otterson in
1: Zootopia. Oh, that's awesome. Um, uh, she was in Divergent virgin series, bad Santa two, And then that creepy ma, ma, ma. ma. There's a lot of other ones. Do you want to run through these or talk about them when
0: they we come should up? name them, but I don't need to go through everybody's filmography. No, we had Mel Rodriguez as Colt Bronco, who I could do a cosplay as right now, given the state of my mustache, <laughs> Kyle Bornheimer as Wilden. Yep. He's the dad. Yep. And uh, Lena Waithe as Officer Specter, who's the Cyclops. the Cyclops. Yes. the Cyclope. Um, and Ali Wong is Officer Gore.
1: Oh, uh, I didn't realize that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, Gray Griffin as Dewdrop, mm-hmm. Tracy Ullman as Grecklin, the pawn shop owner. <laughs> um, Wilma Valderrama as Gaxton, uh, George Bissaris as officer evil and John Ratzenberger Pixar staple, John Ratzenberger as uh Fenwick. He's the construction worker at the
1: end. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to get into this movie? Let's
0: get into this movie. Yeah.
1: One thing, Hey, I will always be a
0: proponent of subtitles. Um, but if you didn't have the subtitles on, you wouldn't know yet,
1: that that's the dad wild and Yeah, they, they give the name of it almost immediately, But you
0: know, maybe that's a bit of a spoiler. Cause it's a nice moment later when you realize that the words he's reading are the, we'll get there.
2: Yeah,
1: for sure.
0: So we get the opening credits and it's kind of weird for me. I don't know. I had some cognitive dissonance hearing that sort of like soaring, majestic, high fantasy orchestral music with the Pixar logo. Yeah. And I haven't seen brave in a while and I feel like. So I probably had a similar experience to it. I don't know. Seeing the desk lamp and hearing that music was a bit of cognitive distance for me. But we get we open on this gorgeous fantasy land as we get this narration about um, once upon a time. The world had magic,
2: oh, oh.
0: but it wasn't easy to master. And so the world found a simpler way to get by.
2: I call it the light bulb. Oh. It is so easy. <laughs> yeah. Over time, magic faded away.
0: We're sort of exploring the history of this world and its roots and fantasy. And this is where I think potentially people who enjoy, you know, again, magic and reality sort of merging might have diverged because generally when you get those stories, it's, it's very much told through a, a, a Eurocentric lens yeah. where it's sort of like, you know, uh, white folks discovering this lost stuff as opposed to the, the native magical creatures and cultures themselves moving through time and history and right. uh, evolving and et cetera, et cetera. So like, it's just, it's, I, I want to play an RPG in this world is my point. Um, it's, I love this. I love the way that they're interplaying, the
1: fantasy and contemporary elements. It's one of my favorite yeah, things in this movie. Yeah, because it was one, and I i was expecting it to be high fantasy and not really be so modern. Right. Oh, we've created electricity because it's easier to do than magic. And I just love that. As I want that explored
0: more. I want sure. a prequel to this movie that explores that time.
1: Yeah, for sure. It kind of almost subverts the majesty that is Matt. Like mat magic seems like it's just so it- it's very mystical. It's very, it's something that you have to achieve and work your entire life for. It's also and very then, natural. And right.
0: that's usually where these stories, that's the direction they go in is that it's magic is natural and wild and technology is ordered and grr, 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 grr. And that's usually the sort of st- the interplay of story that's ha- happening right. when you sort of dive into this trope a little bit, at yeah, least in sure. my experience. Again, I'm not a film historian, so <laughs> Anyway, my point is, I really loved it, even down to the arcades and the arcade machine. We paused it, and they have the crane machines are called Gauntlet and Gauntlet Two, which is hilarious. <laughs> then they have the the Centaur is playing Prance, Prance, Revolution.
1: Prance, Prance, Revolution. Instead
0: of Dance, Dance, Revolution, and it's got seven dance pads instead of five (laughs) and then they had crystal realm and i have no idea what that's supposed to be a reference to anyway we jump to present day as you know the story continues out of history and technology has advanced and we see what is sort of this world's interpretation of a suburban town
1: yeah and uh like the camera sort of pans down over over the over the street we go into like a suburban neighborhood that has like these houses which are shaped like mushrooms and it's got still it, and that's what I really liked is that there's this blend of fantasy elements. They're still embracing the fantasy world, yes, with all of the technology and all of the infrastructure just tacked on.
0: It's they're in as of as opposed to subverting tropes, they're inverting yeah. them.
1: Yeah, for sure. We also get introduced to the uh, the feral unicorns. The idea is, of
0: unicorns as vermin.
1: Yeah, which I mean, I was looking into it a little bit. I guess when like unicorns in in old fantasy or like in old fiction and Mm -hmm. things like that. They were always, they weren't really majestic. They were very abrasive and, and not very, uh,
0: there's also a degree of, I think, uh, perhaps some misogynistic undertones about like fantasy and unicorns. Yeah. Comma. Or it could in and of itself be a, just a commentary on like fantasy tropes. Somebody really hates unicorns. Is the feeling that
1: hates <laughs> unicorns. Um, we cut inside the house where we are introduced to Ian and, uh, and his mom, Laurel, his mom, Laurel, who is doing her morning Z 90 F workout. Yes. <laughs> Which is just delightful. She's um, a warrior. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I, I also really, Love the design of the products and 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 features in this. Like it's got. Oh, I made notes where I could catch them. Got it. Yep. But yeah, there's there's everything has like this sort of medieval point. Like it's it's just really really neat. And I I mean. The, the whey protein is
0: called whey strong. Yes. The, uh, she's got garbage bags that are Hestia garbage bags. Hestia is one of the Greek goddesses. I think of the hearth,
1: the dish soap was called Aurora. Yeah. Instead of Dawn. Mm -hmm. That's the joke there. (laughs) Yeah. and, And Ian is basically trying to get on his way to school, right? Yes. Um, so, and and try, well, he's trying to make his breakfast.
0: Yes. And and every time, yeah, something, something happens, something, the dog eats it, the dragon dog eats it at one point. (laughs) And then,
1: um, we get introduced to barley. Yep. Barley is, uh, he's the older brother and he is, um, definitely got his style. He's Barley's taking out the trash
0: and having this argument with, uh, his brother and his mom, And Barley, 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 we get an officer kind of strutting up um, (laughs) and it's officer Colt Bronco finger wagging to Barley about, you know, he was he had chained himself to a fountain that they were going to demolish across from the school, Um, but then come to find out this is their mom's new
1: boyfriend are they is he their stepdad no boyfriend they're not married or anything like that yet
0: barley 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 every time the city tries to tear down an old piece of rubble i gotta drag my rear end out here and deal with you i don't know what you're talking about oh really I will not let you tear down this fountain. Ancient warriors on grand quests drank from its flowing waters.
1: Barley? They're destroying the town's past. Ugh. Well, come
2: on in. Rest your haunches for a minute. Thank you, hon.
0: I love, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but the idea of this centaur moving around this home that was clearly not made Mm. for centaurs and banging around like a bull man in a china shop. Yeah. It's a great metaphor for the disruption of the, or the disruption caused by uh, a parental figure who is not your parent. Yes. Like the idea of another parent coming in. All of this is a great visual metaphor for it. I hope it's intentional. I would think that because it's Pixar, it's intentional, but it just, it really worked for me. I was just like, Oh,
1: that's clever. But I also like that there wasn't a bunch of like immediate resentment from any of the characters towards no, him.
0: No, no, no. I feel like the boys. I, there might be like not not necessarily resentment, but just uh, an unwillingness to get close. Obviously, for sure. But, but yeah, there wasn't any sort of like animosity or anything, right?
1: Which which I really I really like because that that it's it's normalizing real relationships and how they actually behave right. and how people actually work which again,
0: I think goes back to that greater thing about like feelings like this aren't comfortable to address in, in an animated film. Yes. Which again, makes me go back to like frozen two and the, like the next right thing, that whole vibe. I just, I love, I don't know. I would have loved this movie as a kid. I would have loved having this movie as a resource for myself as a kid.
1: Yeah. This is also where we get the start of barley trying to assist Ian in the you know his daily life or or help him with tasks yes um to it that i uh that i am dubbing barley tries to help barley
0: tries to help like a good big brother should he just doesn't know sometimes he doesn't know how the best way how but his intentions are good
1: yeah you know paved with good intentions (laughs) the road to hell is paved with good intentions (laughs) and in this case the road to
0: a dragon made out of your school is paved with good intentions.
1: Spoiler alert.
0: Spoiler alert. They also, just real quick before we move on too much, they do the um, shave and a haircut bit, the foot tapping bit. They set that up really subtly right, oh. right in this moment.
1: Well, you do only have like two memories of him.
0: No, I've got three. I remember his beard was scratchy. He had a goofy laugh, and I used to play drums, drums on, on his feet. feet. right. He used to go... Bom, bom, nom, bom. Whoa! Um, and of course, that becomes a major... You know, plot device. Yeah.
1: yeah, Ian not being able to make his breakfast has decided that he's just going to pick breakfast up on the way to school at Burgershire. Burgershire, where they're now serving second breakfast, which is super <laughs> super cute. I am. I on love board. this
0: world. Yes,
1: at, at Burgershire, he orders his uh his his food and then sits down to wait for it. Um, he's also wearing his dad's um uh college sweater, college sweater, um that says Lightfoot on it. Yes, um. He sits down and uh, a, a older guy, not older guy. I don't know. I mean, he's older than Ian. Yeah, he's yeah, a father. Yeah. He's got a kid next to him for sure. He he basically says the mascot of whatever the, of of the school. Go, grievance. Yes, exactly. It's will
0: it's will Wilmer Wilmer Valderrama from that '70s show, right? He's, yeah, he was in the From Dust Till Dawn series. He was on Grey's Anatomy for a bit. Uh, Minority Report, the TV yeah. show. Like, yeah, he's got he's been doing. He's been all over the place since that 70 show.
1: They kind of start having a conversation about what his dad was like. And, and Ian who didn't really know him at all is, is trying to seize on the chance of like, I want to get to know who his, who my, who his father was. It really sparks that idea in him. And then like,
0: you know, there's, there's sides of my dad that I didn't didn't know, but the things that I do know about him, I want to, I want to be like him.
1: Yeah, exactly. There, there's a, there's that drive. This character's
0: name is Gaxton. Yeah. Um, and he's just, he's talking about what a great guy Wilden was and how he was kind of kooky and very confident. And, and Ian's just like, I'm 16 today. I'm going to do that. I'm going to start being like dad. And he makes his
1: little to-do list. To-do lists are a big thing in this movie. Yes. So, and and it's, I don't know. I kind of felt that it was okay. It, it felt a little telegraphed for me. Was That's that it was just very much like, okay, these are the story beats that we're going to hit.
0: I like how it tied back together at the end though.
1: For sure. Cause
0: it's, I mean, it's how the character it's, it's how the character processes. Yes. It's also one of those things that continues to build that anticipation and it keeps, it's a, it's sort of a an inverted MacGuffin. Like it's keeping pace with the movie. It's setting the timer. Yeah.
1: So he goes to school and we get kind of a, a look of how he deals with his peers. He goes into class. There's a big lizard guy that has his feet all over his chair. And he's a troll. Right. A troll. Yeah. Uh, wants to be more confident and goes up and he's like, hey, can you move your feet? And he's like, no, I need, I need my feet up so that. I get more to get uh, circulation
0: to so my I get, head. I knew these guys in high school. Yeah, Fuck this guy. So stupid. Such and a dick. He, and you don't want to say anything to the teacher. Cause then you're that kid. But also like, how do you stand up to this guy? Who's just being an asshole and is only going to make a scene. Right. If you try to do anything
1: about God, exactly. I hate them. Yeah. It's not great. And then we cut to him and Driver Zed which I think this is more to hit home that he's 16. He's just learning how to drive. You know, the people
0: who designed this sequence live in California. Oh my God. I had distinct memories. Traffic doesn't look like this anywhere else in the country. No, 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 no.
1: I remember when I came to California and I could drive for the first time and I was driving on the four Oh five yeah. and merging onto that was the most nerve wracking experience i ever felt I can't do this there's too much happening around me how am I supposed to I never got comfortable all with of this. It. I never got comfortable with it
0: cold sweat every time just like instantly pitted um well they, he he wimps out on on doing the merge into traffic All um, right,
1: so he he's outside of the school um getting ready to go home um but before he does that he's trying to convince a group of well he, he, he sees some peers, peers yeah. some
0: people who know him presumably um and on his little list that he's written on his hand now he's decided to go up to them and invite them to his birthday party. Like there's going to be cake and, and he just trips over the words. He does correct himself. He was going to say, Hey dudes. And he corrected himself to like, Hey gang. I was like, that's, that's very progressive of you. Yeah. Good move. Dude's is gendered, and you don't know how these individuals identify.
1: Exactly. Like just alluded, it doesn't go well. He he smears all of it over his face and then the ink, like the as ink. he's nervous. Yeah. Well, because Bartley pulls up.
0: Yeah, we don't have any plans. Yeah, okay. Totally. Yeah. Really? I I guess we can just take the bus over to my house.
2: Oh no 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 no! no. Uh-huh. Is that the birthday boy I see? Oh. Your chariot awaits. Do you know that guy?
1: Uh Barley tries to help pick up from school. BTTH. This Um, is where we see his butt crack when he's leaning over to fix the car.
0: (laughs) And everybody's just like, Oh, and I'm like, Oh, but he starts getting nervous and he wipes his face. And and the one girl's like, Oh, you got something on your, and he wipes his face again. It's this, it's this old gag. Yeah. And the best part about this is they're not, like she's mean about she it. She is holding back laughter because it's a natural reaction, but she's trying to be helpful. These peers are
1: non-threatening. Right. So they go home. Barley almost murders some people with his van. But yeah, he's given up on his list. He's scratched off all the things that he wrote. Basically. And this is where I made the
0: note: the ink to paper animation is gorgeous. Super good. Like it it's looks done really, really. Very well. high fidelity. It looks so real. Yeah. And we get the pictures of his dad on his corkboard.
1: hmm And
0: Dad's a hottie. He is. He's rip,
1: a cutie. Rip Wilden. Yeah. Um, so he he pulls out a tape of of his dad uh, talking. And this, I mean, this was the first cry. Yeah. It definitely was. This is cry number one. Um because like it's a conversation that like the dad is trying to like uh test out a recorder and is saying some things, and Ian has listened to it so many times that now he's has kind of a conversation with him. He knows how to have a conversation with his dad through this tape. Hi, Dad. Hello? Hello?
2: It's me, Ian.
0: Oh, is that right? Yeah. Did you have a good day? (laughs) Well, I'm trying to.
2: Yeah, me too. Although I could clearly use some help.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I sure do wish I could spend the day with you sometime. I know. Well, there's so many things we could do. (laughs) I bet it'd be really fun.
1: Well, let's find out.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to. We could
1: uh, Okay. Bye. Yeah. Bye. And it's oh, yeah, heartbreaking.
0: Having having artifacts like this as as a as a child who lost a parent, even as an adult child who lost a parent is so and again, that's where I say like this is this is hitting a very specific yeah. um sort of beat here and it's It can be uncomfortable,
1: um, but I loved this moment. It was very well done. And like when, when he started, it it felt, yeah, I cried. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: was cry number one. My, one of my favorite jokes here, like Barley's banging around and Laurel goes, oh, it's the world's longest gap year. And it's like, oh, (laughs) oh, that's some mom
1: feelings right there. So at this point, Laurel seems that Ian is very down and,
0: and she wants to like bring him out like, Hey, it's party time. Yeah. Which just makes him feel bad because he fucked up inviting people to his party.
1: Exactly. She's like, I have a gift from your dad. Well, she goes, well, when your dad got sick and oh, again, right. this is
0: like my cry picked back up here <laughs> being this direct about these things and being able to be this direct because it's a fantasy
1: setting. Yep. It's again, it's, I, I love this movie, but yeah. So she says that, she has a gift from dad, and they go up to Ian's room and they unwrap it, and it's a well, a
0: gift from dad to be given to them when Ian turned sixteen. When both of the boys were older than sixteen, exactly. Inside, it's a wizard staff.
1: You're a wizard, Daddy. Yeah. Also with it is this orange gem, which we come to find out is the phoenix gem,
0: and a le- and a letter, a note a from note. their father. that yeah.
1: As he reads it, we realizes the narration that intros the movie exactly, and uh, on it is a spell. Um, to bring the dad back for 24 hours. Yes. For, for 24 hours. Yeah. So Barley, who is, I mean, obviously the one more into magic and, and, and fantasy and role play. Yes. Picks up those staff first, puts in the Phoenix gem and then recites with gusto. Yeah. The, the incantation for the spell. Yeah. And it doesn't work. It doesn't
0: work. I love a false start trope. Exactly. It's very Arthurian. It's, it's very, Oh, nobody can pull the sword. Oh, I can pull the sword. Yeah. Like that's what this is setting up. And I love it.
1: He really wanted this to work and just it kind of shook him to his core. Cause it's montage. Yeah. It's, it's,
0: it gave me enough time to read the stereo poster on the wall. The, the one that was right there above his
1: bed is for a, a band called puddle of mush. Barley gives up. He drops the staff down. Ian picks it up and just kind of starts reading through the letter And as he starts reading, it starts to work. The phoenix gem reacts. Yeah. Yeah. Ian is magic. He keeps going. It gets stronger. And then barley comes back and sees that this is happening. And I've got another BTTH moment. And
0: barley tries to help.
1: Yes. He, he tries to get in there and like, give him pointers, like keep doing this. And Ian at this point, wanting to do things on his own, doesn't really want help sure but barley's also not good at giving it no not at all this this is they
0: kind of complete the spell barley makes it go awry the gem shatters and then they
1: realize that it did kind of work it is just legs and they kind of have a little bit this is where the tapping comes in
0: a shave and a haircut comes back yeah. and i
1: started crying no- again cry number two <laughs> yeah bop, 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 bop. yeah dad it's me oh Oh, yeah. and 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 the emotion that they're able to convey with just legs just goes to show what Pixar can do. Like just can, goes
0: to show why she's
1: called legs forever. The amount of motion that they can convey with just a person's legs is insanely impressive. Yes. In this. Um, yes. My next note is I love that this
0: tabletop RPG and its core book is essentially a history text. Like, because it is all, it's all real, right? It's, it'd be like if we were to play an RPG about, uh, I don't know. Um, redcoats and revolutions instead of dungeons and dragons right like that's what that that would be the equivalent of that
1: i mean isn't that kind of like what those like reenactors do yeah I mean, uh essentially- revolutionary
0: reenactor, of war yeah basically yeah but it's well, i mean you don't get to play in that world a bit there is a tabletop board game called founding fathers while you where you play members of the continental congress oh that's cool it's boring oh well <laughs>
1: There you go. So they decide they're going on a quest. Yeah. They, they realize that they have. He's We've go, got to find a Phoenix gem to finish the spell. Yes. Right. And he has all the cards there. They realize that they need to find the manticore.
0: Because the manticore is the one who sends, who used to send heroes out on quests. Right.
1: And uh, yeah, like like Josh said, they, 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 they head out. Did you notice
0: the stereo brand? No. Siren audio.
1: Oh, that's super cute. Isn't that cute? That is cute.
0: Um, and as they're going up on the freeway, you know, they're coming out of New Mushroomton. But I don't know that we ever get what the big city is called. That's but funny. and then even the skyline of this, like these look like skyscrapers, but they have like uh, castle tops. Yeah. Castle top. It looks like Excalibur in Las Vegas, yeah, it basically but is. as skyscrapers and it's a troll working the toll bridge. It is. Which and- might be racist. <laughs>
1: I don't know. This is
0: what I mean.
1: I don't think so. I think Why I it, it's it's. It's fantasy like it's not I I, I, I loved the joke true. and then I I wondered if I should yeah. also In the background in this shot you do See a pizza planet Truck
2: oh um, shit
1: But it's not pizza planet it's pizza realm And that's because it's we've Got alt universe right like That's what this is I but love it, it's it. the same Yo Toyota Like same color yellow yeah With the little rocket on top but yeah it Does say pizza realm but like I thought that was a cute
0: it is. That's cute. It's going to those people who love that sort of like unified Pixar theory. This is
1: going to throw it all out of whack. Oh, my God. There is on the map. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't seen Brave, but apparently there are regions that are are, are, are that are places oh, in, in Brave that are on that map. At so, this point, yes. if
0: there is not a unified Pixar, like like if that's not true at we this point, Infinity War for Pixar. That's what people thought Frozen <laughs> 2 was going to be. That's what people thought Frozen This is what I mean. Like these unifying Pixar theories are just <laughs> bonkers. And at this point, if it's not true, then they're just playing with people. And did you notice the soda bottle in the car?
1: No. It was Mountain Doom. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So he makes another list of things that he wants to do with his dad. Yeah. It says play catch, take a walk, heart to heart, like
0: have a heart to heart, driving lesson, and share my life with him. it just it's like it just escalates it's realistic and and maybe that's maybe that's the problem i don't know i love
1: it they're on their way to the manticore's tavern when they get into it it's like one of those putt putt like themed restaurant places it's like
0: where we had our second date at that putt putt place in fullerton yeah except my question is so yes it's but it's set up as all like dark gloomy fantasy like oh you know we had to take this didn't try to get here whatever and then they open it up, and yeah, it's like, it's like a TJ
1: Friday and it's but it's all themed after the legend of the Manticore,
0: who is the operating manager, I guess. Yeah, essentially. So I had two questions here. One was if they pulled up to the front of this establishment, which maybe they didn't. Where the fuck are all these other people parked? Yeah,
1: I don't know. And that B, was a little weird.
0: If that is the Manticore of the you know quest of your source book. What is the time jump between ancient magic history? I guess not so ancient
1: and contemporary time. How old is she? And we'll get to it in a minute. Like when they cut to the outside again, after, after it burns down they're on, they're in a parking lot that looks like it's in a strip mall. Right? So yeah, I don't, it's so I guess they weird. came in the back entrance must have been the back entrance or something.
0: Maybe as the city grew up around it, her map, like her map was no longer accurate maybe that's I what bet that's was. what it is that's
1: probably that's probably or what it the is. map in quests of your it's yeah. so silly
2: so <laughs> but
0: yeah we we meet her name tag says Corey. we meet the manticore she's got her hair pulled back glasses on and i because when i was originally making up for, for this i was like does the manticore have a name i did i just not note it and i was like oh it's Corey. okay i guess i didn't i, I didn't catch that yeah but then later she just goes back she, like when she's talking to the cop. Well, i mean we'll get there but when she's talking to the cop she says first name the last name manticore and again, the white guilt kicks up here because this character is voiced by a woman of color who is very talented with a long career and she doesn't technically have a character name and she's the beast that has to like be told to let loose or whatever. Mm. It's a little, it's a little negative
1: tropey and a little problematic. Yeah.
0: I still love this
1: movie. Oh For God. Sure.
0: This could just be white guilt. Maybe nobody read it as this.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't really pick up on that. I thought that her name was Corey. I didn't, I didn't actually, I don't rem I didn't pick up on that line. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So Anyway. But anyways, uh, so yeah, she, she's basically doing the most in this place. She complains like one of the goblins is late
0: for his shift. Yeah. And she's like, you really should account for traffic. Like it's, it's almost like a Luke Skywalker R2D2 conversation. It is because he's speaking in goblin and she's speaking in common.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cause the, they're both understanding each other, but speaking different languages. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's also a shot of the kitchen, which you do see Ratatouille back there.
0: Oh, you mean Remy? Yes. Oh my God. That's adorable. I didn't catch that.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of fun little Easter eggs. It was a half a second, but yeah, it was super cute. Again, so- unifying theory. They're just teasing us. Exactly. Ian and Barley go up to the manticore and, and are like, we're looking for a Phoenix gym. And then she hands them a kids drawing play mat that has, the color your own phoenix gem on it
0: yes because she's not going to give them the original map and and there's a whole big kerfuffle about it there's a what appears to be a bachelorette party doing karaoke at this place <laughs> yes. and they're in a tizzy and she's shouting back and forth like as ian and barley are like really sort of like putting the script, and, and ian standing up for himself he's like He's sure. being assertive. And it comes off as aggressive. It does. Like, Barley is kind of like, whoa. And she starts to spiral, and there's this one point where she says,
2: Maybe this place isn't as adventurous as it used to be, so it isn't filled with a motley horde willing to risk
0: life and limb for the mere taste of excitement. But so what? And the
1: guy in the background is just, like, blowing on a suit when she says <laughs> it's the cutest, <laughs> daintiest thing. Yeah, she says that she's living a lie, and then, and then proceeds to go on a rampage pulls out pulls out her her big wings and knocks over i'm assuming it's a birthday cake that starts the fire like i felt like it was
0: and then the stuff manticore like the (laughs) like the mascot manticore catches on fire (laughs) it's a whole thing it all
1: comes comes crumbling down gosh and the map gets burned the the actual map to the phoenix gem gets burned up she does give them some instructions of where to go and uh and then she hands them that or barley takes one of those placemats and keeps it with him
0: well so earlier in the van ian was studying that levitation spell yeah like was trying to practice on the mountain doom can oh well and this is the first time that he succeeds with the spell and oh, it's right. a, because he's he's keeping that banister from falling on someone exactly and it's a very harry potter moment kind of darkly about like you have to mean it yes like if you remember when harry's trying to do the cruciatus curse on bell so they continue on the quest because uh you know ian sad about it he's like oh you know we don't have the map and Barley's like, you know, when you're on a quest, you have to use what you have. And he has solved the children's menu
1: and it (laughs) says Raven's Point. And then they realize that there is a place called Raven's Point. And so now they have a heading. Right. And they're
0: going to take the expressway or do they take the road less traveled? And it's more quest tropey discussion
1: of the obvious way is never the right way. Part of me was like, okay, Barley, you only get 24 hours with your dad. Do you really want to take your van that is going to fall apart at any moment yeah, it's, on it, an awful road. Time's ticking. Yeah. So we cut back to the house. Laurel sees a note on the door that the kids have gone on a quest. Yes. She then hightails it out. Well, no, because she gets a doesn't. Isn't this when she
0: gets a call from Colt? Because he shows up as main man in her phone. M-A-N-E man. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, so she she realizes that they're going after another Phoenix gem because she sees yes. the cards that are laid out on the desk
0: and the Manticore's Tavern. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so
1: that's how she knows how to get there. That's so when she, Colt calls. He's like, "What
0: well, you know, honey? What's going on?" And she's like, "I have to get the
1: boys." Yeah, exactly. So she gets there. She sees the manticore being questioned by the police.
0: Cause so she's asking if anybody has seen two elf boys and then she hears the manticore talking about two, two elf, elf boys. boys. Yeah. Um. And this is just before that is when she says first name, the last name manticore. And I got kind of mad about it. That's that's where this is. Yeah. Okay, got it. But yeah, so she runs up and she's asking questions about her boys. and The cops like, I'm sorry, man, we have to take her. Exactly. And Laurel thinks fast. And she sees the first aid kit and she sees the cut on Corey's foot. And I'm only going to call her Corey. Uh, she sees the cut on Corey's foot.
2: Last name Manticore, first name The. Hold on, you're right. She has gone a little...
1: It's no wonder with a wound like that. That's just a
2: scratch. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you an expert on minotaurs? Manticores? Manticores? Well, no. Well, then you wouldn't know that when their blood is exposed to air, it makes them go bonkers. I don't think that's true. See? She's already losing her grip on reality. So why don't you let me save her life
1: before it costs you yours? Okay. Thank you. And then they take the burnt up mascot suit, which they get in the blink of an eye. I'm like, how did they get this? But whatever, (laughs) it's a fun joke. And they did it. And suddenly, yes, they're, they're off because Corey's, Corey's going to lead Laurel to wherever the boys are headed. Exactly. And she was like, oh, I gave them all the information that they needed. And, and also that there's a curse. Oh shit. She forgot to tell them that there was a curse. And so this is really the driving force behind Laurel. Now knowing that, oh shit, my boys are in actual danger. Actual now. danger.
0: Yes. yes. If, if if the manticore is to be believed, if all of this is true, then yes, there is actually a curse. Cut back to the boys and they're running low on gas. Yes. And this is hilarious because did, did in your history, in your past, did someone exist whose gas indicator didn't work?
1: Yes. Yeah. I think my Oldsmobile, it didn't work. I think, oh, woo, she, it was uh, never, it was never
0: me, but like it was for my sister for a while. I dated this one guy for a minute who drove a to- drove a Toyota Celica. The gas indicator didn't work. And I was, it always made me panic because it was always
1: on empty. Our first date was at Hooters. <laughs> oh no.
2: <laughs>
1: but anyways, they pull off the freeway. Barley goes to the back, shakes the can. There's only a little bit of gas left in there. And Ian asks if there's a way to use magic to get more gas. Right
0: barley lights up this is where i put the note that barley is just the sort of thick nerdy idiot i used to have crushes on at anime conventions a growth spell is a bit more advanced not only do you have to speak from your heart's fire but now you also have to follow a magic decree a magic what it's a special rule that keeps the spell working right this one states to magnify an object you have to magnify your attention upon it while you cast the spell you can't let the Anything distract you. Okay.
1: So yeah, uses the growth spell in order to make the the can bigger. And this is where Barley tries to help again. Barley tries to help. And he's trying to help him focus by telling him how to focus. And if anybody has ever had somebody that's tried to do that, you know how frustrating that can be. Yep. Um, and the magic backfires and shrinks barley and shrinks barley. Yeah. Barley thinks it works because he's tiny and <laughs> compared to the gas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's super cute. But they end up having to, to walk and go
0: get gas. Uh, <laughs> it's two twenty eight a gallon. Oh, I did notice that. But, uh, so as they arrive, a, a gang of, of Sprite bikers, Pixie, Pixie bikers, I don't know. They all show up on the motorcycles and it yes. takes many of them to operate one motorcycle and it
1: is hilarious and i love it
0: and they bump into them and the one who's supposedly the leader she's named dewdrop but i don't think we ever get that in the film she's credited as dewdrop yeah uh that's gray griffin she's like a big voice actress um i think she might even
1: hyphenate her name now as Grey. she used to be Grey delisle so they go inside and all of the sprites are kind of everywhere ian um has barley in his pocket and has his dad who they've constructed like a basically like a top four like you, they've got like a a, a vest a sh- like stuffed vest and a shirt yeah and a and a baseball cap and they're leading him along with a leash and it's hilarious so he can't see anything and just kind of bumps into the fairy er, fairies not fairies fairies it's, sprites it's not whatever. consistent it doesn't matter yeah hey watch it
0: you got a problem shades answer me
2: when I'm talking to you <gasps> sorry i don't I don't really know where his head's at right now
0: He does that little
1: accidental head till poof yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they try to hurry out how out of there barley needs to use the restroom and he gets the giant restroom key and just kind of leaves well it's giant to him yeah uh he gets the gas they, he fill, Ian fills up the the van um and then as barley is leaving uh, or coming out of the bathroom, he gets in an argument with the fairies.
0: About how, how they used to be able to, like, why can't they fly? used to you be able fly? to fly. Yeah, were... It's very culturally insensitive. It and is. then he starts talking about, well, his, your ancestors used to do
1: it. And she's like, what'd you say Oof. about my
2: ancestors?
1: Yeah, I would have I would have reacted the same way. Just saying. Okay, yeah. So as they go to leave, Wilden knocks over the bikes and the fairies get mad. Well, which, yeah. Which then becomes the the Sprite bike chase. I love that, like,
0: the motorcycles have, like, pastel headlights. Yes. <laughs> um and he says put it put it on O for onward. And it's like, oh, they said the name of the movie. Oh right. They That's
1: said right. the name of the movie.
2: <laughs> oh
1: my goodness. But yeah, now Ian is driving. This is the big important part because Barley is still small. He's still tiny. Um, and at
0: one point Wilde and falls half out the window and his clothing's just flapping in the breeze.
1: And it looks like he's, he's shaking his fist at the pixies. (laughs) Like
0: there's a new one's a transpiring
1: with no regard to anybody else's safety on the road. These guys are weaving throughout traffic. Ian is essentially learning how to drive right now. So yeah, they make it onto the freeway and this
0: is like, this is the moment that he couldn't do in driver's ed earlier was merge onto the busy freeway. Or, or he needs to merge. He's in the lane as the fairies are following them. And, right. and he's sort of like forcing his way into different lanes, trying to get away from these fairies. They're all jumping on the van. And at one point he's just like,
2: Okay, you're going to have to merge. Speed up. You do this. Yes, you can. I'm not ready. You'll never be ready. Merge. Uh, ah, nice job. And it really is. <laughs>
0: how you have to drive on California freeways pretty much. And after Barley shouts out, like he's trying to get across all these lanes to get to the exit that they need. Right. To continue on their quest. And, and uh, hilarity ensues chaos. Uh, One of the
1: motorcycles flips. Pixies are flown. Like they're flown off of the bike. They're about to hit the ground and they, they start flying. Their wings start to work. Yeah. Yeah. Ian's already bringing magic back. He is. Everybody. He's bringing the magic back to everybody. Oh, they are all fine and they fly away. And now they're about to get stopped by the cops. Oh, and they're right. still
0: kind of driving erratically because barley starts to regrow. He starts to grow back. Yeah. And that's what makes them the magic wears off all shaky, shaky. And that's when they get pulled over by the two cops who are voiced by Lena Waith and Ali Wong, Lena Waithe, of course, um, she's a year younger than me. She's a screenwriter, producer, actress. Um, she was on the Netflix comedy Master of None. Uh, she won an Emmy for that show's Thanksgiving episode. Cool. Ali Wong's a big comedian. She's got Netflix specials out the wazoo, Yeah, lawsuit. for sure. Um, but there's this whole, this is where they start doing the um, the disguise magic. Right. This is another one where they have to where he's got to focus.
1: Mm-hmm. Um but he also can't tell a lie. Right. That's the that's the that's the big crux of it, right? Where he can pretend to be he can show himself to be whatever he wants. He just can't say anything that that's a lie or else he'll change back. Right. And so And they have to
0: do this so that they can like because you know Ian doesn't have a driver's license. He was the one that was driving. Yep. Um I don't think uh, Barley's is still tiny, his wallet's still tiny. Um so they have to pretend to be Officer Gold Bronco. Yes. And throughout this exchange, like it's going really well. They maintain the magic. And then, but this is like sort of offhanded comment about Barley, which it puts Ian on the defensive because he, he wasn't expecting it. And this is where we, you know, it all sort of devolves every, every time he because he starts lying because mm-hmm. Barley can hear him and he doesn't want to say, he doesn't want to agree with this cop.
2: I mean, the guy's a screw up. You can't say you don't agree. Um, I don't.
0: I mean, um, uh, okay. Well, I gotta get going. Gotta get you know. uh, Ian on. I, I mean, I'm late for work. Sorry. I mean, I'm feeling a little sick. I mean,
2: tired. Sick and tired. Gotta go. Day.
0: Then starts to tell on him, which to me is a little unfair for Barley to get mad about. It's not Ian's fault that his very true interpersonal feelings were made literally visible. And I don't think Ian can be faulted for having those true interpersonal feelings. Yeah, I don't think so either. He's a fucking teenager. Yeah. He's going to think his brother, who has for the past 12 hours, been fucking up every moment of his life. Pretty much. He's a little
1: bit of a fucker. Yeah.
0: His enthusiasm is great. His execution is poor.
1: Yeah. And we also have... Officer Specter. Officer Officer Specter is LGBT. Apparently in the original script that wasn't there, Lena asked if... Instead of my, instead of husband, can I say girlfriend? Nice. So it actually wasn't, th- this kind of was what it was a little, I don't know, maybe disingenuous. I'm on board for Lena being like, hey, hey, let's do this. So let's it makes me feel better there. that
0: there was some agency on Lena's behalf to get that in. We cut back to Laurel and Corey yep. on their search. Corey has said that. Every curse has a core, the center of its power. And only one weapon forged of the rarest metals can destroy it. My enchanted sword. The Curse Crusher, and she's describing her sword, of course, which she pawned off a few years ago. <laughs> and so they go to the pawn shop to get it back. And Corey, a Tracy Ullman voices this uh, pawn shop character. Yes. Um. She, again, long story to history. She was an in Into the Woods. She she's She has had her own show. Her her TV show launched the Simpsons. Corey fails at the very first thing about like being in a pawn shop or whatever, like any sort of negotiation situation. And verbalizing the actual value of the thing that you're getting at a bargain,
1: yeah, because they were before you paid for it. They originally said it was ten, and then suddenly it was ten thousand, right? Of whatever their money is, and so they start to
0: try to haggle, and Corey just stings her and paralyzes her. Laurel's aghast; (laughs) she feels they've committed some sort of crime. She's like, "Eh, "It's just a paralytic," so she throws. Laurel's just like, here's for the sword and a little extra for your trouble. Have a good night. <laughs> and it seems super altruistic, oh but then gosh. as she's leaving, she flips the open sign to close so that nobody can come in and check on her. Oof.
1: <laughs> Jeez. Officer Bronco is also now looking for the kids looking for the boys as well.
0: Right. Uh, Cause he gets the, he gets a, a radio about it.
1: Yeah. And this is where I realized that he's driving like a Bronco. Yeah. And it's just great at this point. They come up on the path of peril.
0: Well, the boys, yes, they head towards the path of peril and this is how Colt actually gets on their tail because they, they hit a bump and Guinevere's bumper falls off and yeah. Colt sees the license plate mm-hmm. and follows them down. Um, and this is where I thought this is another great
1: fantasy trope. Always bring a rope. Yes. They come up on a bottomless pit, uh, where there's a drawbridge, but the, the, uh, the handles on the other side of the, uh, of the ravine. So, Using another magic uh, magic spell, they're going to do. It's uh, a levitation spell. A levitation spell,
0: but it only works if you believe that it's working.
1: Exactly, it's like a leap of faith. Indiana Jones and yes. Last Crusade. That
0: it's that thing yeah. exactly. It's um, also a Schrodinger's bridge exactly because it's there if you think it is.
1: Ian still not really trusting anything is like I can't do this without a rope. I want a rope. They get they get a rope. They tie it around his waist. He goes out to try it for the first time. Doesn't believe it and just falls. <laughs>
0: And now, and this is a this is a therapeutic thing. But barley says, "Well, now you know the worst that can happen. So what's there to be scared of?" Exactly. And so he succeeds, and he's making it across. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you and know, barley, something
1: worse happens.
0: This is what this is the turning point, I think, to a little bit of barley tries to help because barley's doing great until he didn't have enough rope.
1: Well, no, the rope around him just comes undone. Oh, that's right. There's plenty of rope. Barley was never a boy scout. He didn't tie that knot properly. Exactly. That's what the problem is. The Rope falls off. Barley continues to like, say, Hey, you're fine. You're good. Yeah. There's still rope. And Ian gets right to the end and gets a little bit cocky and then looks back, sees that, Oh, there's not a rope anymore. And barely grabs. On just the makes side. it. Yeah.
0: Just makes it. They get the van across. And just as they're, they're realizing that Raven's point isn't necessarily a destination. It's telling them that like, cause there's on the drawbridge, the the Raven, the bird is pointing, pointing. to yeah. another statue of a bird Again, very fun fantasy game trope. And just as they're about to take off, Colt Bronco catches up with them and he's, you know, he's warning them that he, that they need to follow him on the count of three. And it says he does the clops like a counting
1: horse. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I love it. Now they're running from the cops. So suddenly as they, they get back into their, into the car, they drive or into the van. uh, They drive off. Uh, Suddenly there's like 1800 cops behind them. Like they all just sort of descended at the same time. It's a car chase. Yes.
0: And they're, they're running off into the wilderness Barley's trying to pressure Ian. He's like, you've got to use the, you know, the most powerful spell, the lightning spell right. on this cliff overhang so that, you know, we can, we can stop them and we can keep going. Yeah. Cause
1: they come to a dead end.
0: Right. And yeah. it's too much pressure for Ian again, because you know, Barley's like focus, do it.
1: Rah! And Ian's just like, I can't.
0: Um, so their solution is, or Barley's solution is to sacrifice Guinevere and use her as a battering ram. And and he puts a, a ride to Valhalla tape in the, um, in the in the <laughs> stereo, and it's very thematic. It's great, and they keep it, they keep cutting to the painting of the unicorn on the side, and, yeah. and like it's meh, like it's whinnying. <laughs> and um, it's this big emotional build up moment because Barton's been talking about this car the whole damn time.
2: What are you doing?
1: And apparently the rock that it's running into looks like the, the, that, the big like wolf or bear guy. Is it a wolf in California adventure? It's a bear. It's a bear. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently that rock looks like, oh, that. so I, I think it's modeled notice. after that.
0: But, um, so, yeah, he puts a rock down on the gas and and Gwynny's aimed at the overhang and as she runs off, he smacks her on the ass <laughs> and that that music swells and it's just gorgeous. It's so thematically on point. Yeah. Hits that overhang. It comes down and the cops are blocked off. It's a cop block.
1: <laughs> so now they take off on foot uh, following the Ravens. Yes. It, it starts raining like a lot of time seems to be passing here, which I mean, yeah, if they're walking a big distance, I can understand that. But also, they don't really have that much time but uh, it's a
0: good traversal montage though. Yeah, it is
1: Um, as they're
0: going from point to point and then they get to the last Raven, which is pointing down onto like a bronze thing. Barley wipes it off and you know, it's, it's a little bit clearer and that's when Ian goes, Oh, wait a minute. And he looks up on because it's reflecting to the chest. Yeah. So like the Raven is essentially pointing at itself
1: and they push on the rock there and it comes out. Yeah. There's a little, uh, a, a little talisman that pops out that has, some waves and an X on it. It seems to indicate like the river that's nearby right. and that their destination is at the end of that river. Barley says X can only mean one thing.
0: And then they so they go into this cave. And I've made this face that Barley makes where he's worried but eating. Like his eyes are real big, but he's just cramming this cheese yeah, yeah. bus from the gas station in his mouth. I've I've been there. We've all been there. <laughs> but they come in and um they scare a bunch of unicorns and it, your gay yeah. ass screeched.
1: <laughs> yes, I did. It was I freaked out. Oh, And the thing is, is I've seen this movie before. We watched it in theaters. Yeah. It still caught me off guard again. (laughs) So the
0: water goes on forever and they're like, "Eh, Barley's, you know, if we had something, we could use the levitation spell to the speed spell or whatever to to zoom down the river. And that's when they get the bright idea to blow up one of those cheese puffs.
1: Yeah. So they use a, uh, yeah, they make a big Cheeto boat and all hop on that and they take off. Yeah. Cheeto boat. Cheeto boat. Transport and food. (laughs) Transported food. And there's this really great montage. Real quick. When he was eating the Cheeto and like, cause they were eating the Cheeto. That's, sure. Then when it shrinks down, it's just going to shrink back in his stomach. He's not, a. Re- he's eating literally he'll, he'll have digested that air before that pieces. Then. Of, no, no, no. But he's eating like it, it will have
0: by the time the magic reverses, he'll have already digested it. It won't matter. Fair that's enough. my point. Okay. If anything, he's going to have less
1: poop. Well, yeah. Well, the more, you know, there's, no, there's poop on the podcast. Cool.
0: So it cuts back to Laurel and Corey. Corey is pounding those energy drinks while Laurel's on the phone with Colt. Yes. Sort of, you know, explaining what's going on. But she's, you know, I think something's changed. Something's different. And he talks about how they're they're pretty sure or no, Ian was driving. That's what Colt is telling her. Like Ian took off in the car. And she's excited about that. Yeah. She's just like, he's always been so scared of driving. He just thinks something's going to come at him from out. of. And before she can say nowhere, of. but uh, one of the fairies splats against her windshield <laughs> and she screams, Corey screams, the pixie screams and Colt screams. And Laurel goes flying off the road into a ditch.
1: Yes. <laughs> they hop out. The fairy flies away. She's yeah, fine. you try, trying to kill me lady. <laughs>
2: pixies away or whatever they say.
1: Exactly. And at this point now, uh, Corey needs to spread her wings and fly. Yeah.
0: Laurel pitches to her like, Hey, if they can do it basically. Yeah. And so that's, that's what they're going to do.
1: That's how they're going to catch up to the boys. Um, cut back to the boys as they're reaching the final gauntlet. And while this is happening, like Barley now starts talking about his relationship with his dad. Yes. And he- well, he offhandedly says his, Four memory. He's, he's ready to
0: have a, a fifth memory of dad or something.
1: Yeah. And, and
0: Ian's like, wait, is there one you didn't tell me about? Yeah. And he says that it's not his favorite. Barley, do you have another memory of dad you haven't told me? No, it's, it's just not my favorite. What do you mean? When dad was sick, I was supposed to go in and say goodbye to him. But he was hooked up to all these tubes and he just didn't look like himself. I got scared and, and I didn't go in. That's when I decided I was never going to be scared ever again. Yeah. This movie is telling children that those feelings are okay to have. It is. And my God. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. It's nuanced. Pride it's not, again. it's not as bright. Of course. Yes. Of course. We're, we're both weeping silently <laughs> at each other. This movie's kind of do wonderful things for kids who need, who need to see this sort of representation, this for emotional sure. representation. So they're going through this gauntlet, which kind of reminds me of the queue of the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland. Yes. Y- for you sure. know, you're like, oh, be careful. You can only step on so many, you know, it's a puzzle or whatever. It's that whole thing. And then um the gelatinous cube, like they trigger the trap and the gelatinous cube <laughs> plops
1: down and but yeah, this one's fun because you can see like the 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 bones of dead warriors inside the gelatinous cube which like, is
0: it's straight out of any fantasy trope gelatinous cube description.
1: Like exactly even the slimes well, in world warcraft. And apparently they Wizards of the Coast, they consulted them directly on this oh, so that dang. they could make sure that all of these things were like accurate to the monsters.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. But there's this whole, like, you know, triggered trap moment. They're grabbing their dad. They have to get the shields and they just run through the hallway and all the arrows hit the shields. Yeah. And they feel like they've escaped. And then, like, there's a button on the floor that they're scared to, to hit. Yeah, but then, like, we don't want to hit the button. We don't want to hit the button because, obviously, the hitting the button does the bad thing. But then, like, the door closes and water starts to rise. And they realize, oh, no, we should have hit the button. Hit the button.
1: <laughs> they use their dad after Barley tries to go and hit the button yes. underwater because he can't he can't push down on it. Right. Uh. So, yeah, he uses his dad's legs to go down on the button and depress it enough for them to get out. And then they pull everybody out Well, and, to open the thing. And then, yeah, they pull everybody exactly. out. Exactly. And they're like,
0: Oh, this is it. You know, it's the Phoenix jam. We're going to get there. Also, they also, they,
1: they just real quick. They did mention the time. Like they, they, they made a reference to like one of them looked at their watch. And oh yeah. Like, they were on that river for three hours.
0: Yeah. Cause when they started on that Cheeto boat, it was, they had five hours left. And when they finished, they had just over two hours left. Correct. Yeah. So and, and they lift up the seal in this room and they're in the street in front of the high school. Yes, <laughs> they are literally right back where they started. And this is where Ian loses his shit. So they get in this big fight where Ian blames him for it, Barley tries to help comes to a head. Yeah. Um, and Ian really calls him out on it all. And it's the part where the able protagonist shits on the bumbling assistant. It's a trope, but not a fantasy one. And I wish Barley felt a little bit more down about it, but maybe it's good that he's encouraged. Like, usually you see like, oh, they don't, they don't, they don't believe in me. Mur, mur, mur. I Maybe we just didn't have the time for it. But the note that I made was like, eh, it feels like he got over it too quick. Yeah. But I um, mean, we're almost at the end of the movie. It's about time he gets over something. But even this part, he goes to sit and have the sunset with his
1: dad's legs as he's Crossing these things off this list. And this is when he realizes that he's actually done all of these things, not with his dad, but with his father figure. Who is his brother? Yeah. Uh, And that was, mm, that was, that was good.
0: He's going down the list and he's thinking, Oh, heart to heart. I had this heart to heart with Barley. Barley taught me how to drive, how to drive. Mm -hmm. Um, we played catch when they were doing the levitation thing on the river. Exactly. We, we laughed or had fun or what? And you know, it's the scene where they're dancing when they get in the fight earlier. Mm -hmm. And it's a scene we skipped over entirely. Apparently that's okay. Um, the, where they're at the, the road, the rest stop rest stop. And And there's the music from the van is blaring and the dad's legs as they're fighting, like kick out and they're having a blast and because he can feel the vibrations and that
1: that brings them back out of
0: that. And then we start on some of these items flashing back um, to barley and Ian, as kids and like being scared to get in the pool and barley pushes them in and they're having a great time. And I mean, kind of an older Mm -hmm. brother dick move, but whatever. Um, and this is when he's, he's sort of realizing that, that he's had all this and he just hasn't seen it as barley is trying to prove himself. And he real, like he realizes the talisman that you mentioned. Yep. Um,
1: fits in that, um, fits in the fountain that is across the street from the school. So there's like, and this yes. was something that early in it, and we kind of, we didn't talk about it, but barley was kind of protesting.
0: Colt showed up and was like, Oh yeah. Showed yeah, the video yeah. of them being on the, maybe we didn't go in in depth. I don't but think at the did. beginning of the movie, barley had chained himself to this fountain and these construction workers had called the cops. And that's why Colt Bronco was coming to like wag a finger at him. Right. And now it's the same fountain and the construction workers, one of whom is voiced by John Ratzenberger. Yep. Is like, Oh, it's the history buff and get him down from there. And that's, he's freaking out because this is where the Phoenix gym should be. And then he looks at the talisman and looks at the fountain. And it looks like it'll fit.
1: Suddenly he's able to get the other Phoenix Gem.
0: Yeah. Like the stone starts
1: and he takes it out and then purple smoke red. Is it red? It's red.
0: Okay. And it's like, and he realizes, Oh no, it's a curse. And he starts to book it. Right. Just as Laurel and Corey are arriving with their sword and the curse starts to manifest. And it pulls that, the, you know, it's pulling from the school and that dragon mascot that we've, Kept seeing, like, kept being like, just, just gently Outframed. framed. Yeah, um, becomes the face of this cursed dragon, and then it roars, and it sounds like a roar from
1: a dragon, and also a school bell. Yeah, it's the schoolhouse rock dragon.
0: <laughs> Literally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then <laughs> when like the, it's got the dragon, like this, like really friendly dragon face, and then to make it look angry, the eyebrows, like the rocks break and then, well, it gets tricked at one point and those yes. rocks break and man, it's like kind of like a stern, angry eyebrows all right, of a sudden. But it's so it's super cute. Like I love it. And
0: this fight scene is gorgeous. There, there's is. there's so much going on and it happens almost balladically. Cause Ian's like using his magic and, and he's very deft with it. And Corey's is diving it like in the, the way that the rock dragon moves, like all of those pieces are moving mm-hmm. as this dragon is flying around. It's impressive. It's so impressive. And again, these are like level of detail that people are completely
1: exactly. This shit.
0: Corey gets knocked back at one point, loses her sword. The dragon's heading towards the boys. And then his mother grabs that sword. She's like, I'm a mighty warrior. I'm a mighty warrior. And Z90 warrior. She's a Z90 warrior. And I love that. It's Laurel who like gets the agency, get you like you of her, of her own accord gets that sword stabs it into the core of that curse and she's like boys i can't hold him for long and so they they put the phoenix gem in the staff and they finish the spell and just as they finish the spell laurel loses control and the curse dives in and this is where ian makes that say, he's like no no no
2: no you go and say goodbye what
0: i had someone who looked out for me someone who pushed me to be more than i
2: ever thought i could be i never had a dad
0: but i always had you I didn't know it. Yeah. You have this relationship. You should get to say goodbye. Oh, go, go fix that memory. And I will protect you. And while, while Ian uses everything that his brother taught him to protect his brother and help heal a wound that Barley hasn't been able to heal on his own.
1: And yeah,
0: Ian staff breaks um, mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you, you got to use what you have on a quest. And he realizes he's still got a splinter from the staff and he casts a spell to in- enlarge that staff. And suddenly he's just like master wizard and things yeah. are floating. And he's on this bridge and lightning and he does it and he succeeds. And eventually they stab that damn curse right in the right in its heart. You know, uh, Ian gets to see barley have, he gets to see his father sort of like completed and they have an exchange. And then um, just before he goes Wilden and hugs, barley, Barley's hands are kind of at his side at first. And then they come up and, and they hug. Yeah. And then Barley tells Ian dad wanted me to give you this and he hugs him. It's the same hug. It's literally the same hug because Barley goes in and Ian's arms are still down at his side. And then he accepts the hug and pulls his arms up. Yeah. It's literally the exact same. Hug. It's so good. And I've spent this whole scene just weeping, <laughs> Yes, weeping with joy and uh. weeping with loss and sadness. And it's just, it's so remarkable what this what this film managed to pull off honestly i feel
1: and then we kind of go to the epilogue uh so we we the everybody's partying in the re redone manticore redone tavern, manticore tavern. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah it's back to its old glory but it's still It still has elements of Chuck E. Cheese. Like there's still kids and stuff there.
0: It also reminds me of, I don't know how many people get this. There was a restaurant in San Antonio and I think in Dallas called the Magic Time Machine. Mm -hmm. Like your waiters were characters. It gives me that vibe too. That's cute.
1: Yeah. Ian is back at school and is having kind of a show and tell with uh, with his staff. Somebody blames
0: him for destroying the school. And I'm like, excuse you, the curse did it. Learn your magic. Exactly.
1: And uh, and he put it back together. Yes. So
0: you with know. magic. Exactly. Yeah. Because he's like,
1: is it the same school you destroy with magic? Mm-hmm.
0: No, the curse did it. And then that bell goes off. And if I were any of those people who were present for that dragon, that bell would give me PTSD. hundred percent.
1: And yeah. And then the, the friends and stuff from the beginning. He's got friends now. See? Yeah. And so that all comes back. Uh, His brother gave him the magic of confidence. Exactly. We, we cut back to uh, Bronco and Laurel. Bronco lets his hair down. Born to run. I was
0: born to run. And he takes his hat off. And suddenly he's got this long Fabio hair. Yes. And then he smacks his own ass to get going.
2: Duty calls. Time to hit the trail. Oh, you forgot your keys. Don't need them. I was born to run. Yeah.
0: I've oh I've been real good about not pointing out uh, things throughout this movie, but I can, I get the feeling that there's not a homosexual in this writer's room because you got this man smacking his own ass to run. You've got a lot of foot tapping happening on There's <laughs> There was a line earlier about, I'd love to have a little bit of that in me. There's a lot of innuendo that made me feel like they're in a gay man in this writer's room.
1: Yeah. Ian and Barley, they get back into the van, a new van, Guinevere two, Yes, and uh, well, that that Ian like got for barley exactly, and then repainted. Yes, and they uh, he uses the levitation spell, and they fly the van off. Yeah, the end to the future style
0: roll credits, and then the song "Carry Me With You" by Brandy Carlisle. Like that's that's the song (laughs) of the film. Just it's that
1: same sort of like. I I have a a handwritten note on here that says that I am emotionally drained. (laughs) uh, Yeah, just the whole thing. Just yeah. I also one of the other things, and I, I wrote this down at the end because I didn't really know how to bring it up. So, what was the budget on this, Josh?
0: Uh, somewhere between one hundred and seventy-five and two hundred million, and it made only hundred and three point two million. And I don't think that can be blamed on it being a lesser Pixar
1: movie. No, I I think that if it would have had its chance to be in theaters, that it definitely would have surpassed. It, it probably would have got
0: it, w- it would have meet a, a minimum. It would have meet their expectations, I feel like. 100%. Is this Toy Story? No. no. But do
1: I think it hits different chords a little bit better than Toy Story? Absolutely. And and really to to, to put this in perspective, like this came out March 6th. Right. Everybody started locking down on like 15-20 days later. Yeah. Like it did not get a very long run. No, generally movies like that will have at least. So six I don't think you can clock to seven weeks. Yeah,
0: you can't clock tiers. its profit as yeah. it being unsuccessful. And even then, like the critical score on Rotten Tomatoes was eighty-eight. Um, Roger Ebert, uh, dot com said, "You know, Onward feels frantically eager to please until it tries to yank at your heartstrings in the by now familiar formula of Pixar animation."
1: Which I, uh, I disagree. I yeah, I I think that that's its strongest points. I think it ends on its strongest point. And yeah, that was good. There is a little bit of the movie. It was kind of on rails for a little bit of it, but like at the same time, that's kind of the way those sort of adventures are. Yeah.
0: There and, was an, there was an NPR reviewer who said, called it a mid-level Pixar. It's like even mid-level Pixar cast a spell. Oh, for sure. Because and it's not like, come on, come on. Yeah. yeah. And then Washington post said, look onward. Isn't even close to talk top shelf Pixar. Here we are again but judging it on its own merits, it's an often funny, genuinely moving story that takes enough twists along the way that the quest becomes a suspense suspenseful journey. Yeah. Why not just say
1: that? Yeah.
0: And honestly, I, I and again, I'm not, a, I, I'm I not a film historian. I'm not a film critic. I think that the uncomfortableness of the things that this film is trying to get at mm-hmm. is
1: what turns some people off of it. For sure. The viewer score on this one is 95. So, okay, great. So I'm know, in good company. Yeah. Exactly. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I really loved this movie. I I thought it was great. And I, and I will probably come and revisit this movie a couple of times whenever I need a good cry. Exactly. And it's, it's definitely fun. Um, I want to play in this world. I want a sequel. I definitely want to, I want a prequel. Like I I said, I want to see what that historical transition for sure. Uh, so yeah, located in the pawn shop, there's actually several like relics from past Disney movies. King Triton's Triton is in there. Yeah. Genie's lamp is in there. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> and uh Riley's hockey stick. From inside out. Yeah. So and that was onward. That was onward. I see again, I
0: I feel like this got a bad critical rap. I feel like part of that is due to the sort of expectations one has with a Pixar film. But also, like I said, I think that just the scope of the story and the and the the points that it hits. Um, I don't know. I think that there's a lot to be said for showing this degree of of vulnerability with male characters. Um, of course it's a fantasy world. There's that whole argument about like, can more of them be not male? Can more of them be not Anglo inspired? But I, I, those are deep conversations that I'm not qualified to have. Fair enough. And that's, again, that's probably just my white guilt wearing its ugly head again and, and battling it out with my, un, uh, as I mentioned earlier, unresolved issues with my own mother. But like this film helps me process that. And I, th- I again, I think that yeah. that's, what's difficult about this one for some people is that, the feelings that this movie evokes are difficult to wrestle with and to look at. But it's through art like this, I believe, that we are able to look at those things in and of ourselves and understand them better and move move onward through them. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. And now I'll, I'll watch it again. Same. I, yeah, I, thought it was a, I thought it was really great. Don't forget, Mischief Media has a Patreon, fam. You can go to patreon.com slash making mischief. And sign up to be a patron of all of the extra content that mischief can put together. Like Patreon helps us keep producing, helps all of us at mischief media keep producing um, and and really spice things up a bit. We've got a few ideas for content. Our content drop is coming up soon.
1: Yeah, not really sure what it's going to be yet, but we're we're definitely working towards it.
0: Here's the fun part, though. At the $5 uh, patron level... You can join in the mischief media discord and jump in our non plus channel. And when we're scrambling for ideas, we can ask
1: you and you can tell us exactly the sort of content you want They're on discord and it's not just us. Um, You can also get bonus content from across the mischief media family uh, with physical merch. And, and that again, that sweet, sweet discord channel. Yep. And uh, you know, that's just the beginning, you know, join our Patreon community by going to patreon.com slash making mischief today. And we can't wait to see you there. We
0: can't wait to see you there. Jump onto our discord channel. Remind us to, to chat in there. Give us content ideas. (laughs) <laughs> so excited yeah. uh and just real quick before we go as a reminder to rate review and subscribe i'm gonna read a couple of recent reviews sounds good so southern adventure gave us five stars and says, love the deep dive into disney from newer titles to older favorites combined with josh and clancy's hilarious commentary well thank
2: you yeah. it
0: made my cheeks hurt from smiling and filled my heart with joy definitely recommend my goodness that was wonderful we're glad we could be there for you We have this other one. Oh, that one was titled Disney plus comedy equals best dot dot dot. And here's that thing where it gets cut off in the app. (laughs) And then this other one from April 29th. Josh and Clancy are hilarious. Thank you. Five stars. A fun way to start your day or a great choice for a road trip. Binge. Listen, great podcast. Even if you're not a Disney file, I'm not. And I still love it. Well, we love you, Oodle Day. Thank you so much. Yeah. Do your do your part. Rate, review, subscribe. If if you've got one that we like or that sounds cute and isn't you know chock full of hate or whatever,
1: <laughs> um, we might we might read it on the show. I mean, honestly, at this point, we almost have like we have over ten hours of content. Like, that's, yeah, we're halfway to, from California to Texas right now. Sure, but so, who's doing that drive? I mean, we did it once, twice, three times. A lady, but not in the <laughs> middle of a pandemic, my friend, <laughs>
0: my friend, my love, my husband, my love, my life.
1: My love, my life, I don't know this part.
0: Maybe we should do Mamma Mia 2 for the Patreon. <laughs> Is that
1: on Disney Plus?
0: No, but it's the Patreon, so we don't have to stick to the show format. Oh, that's All true. Right. See, these are the ideas. All righty. Well, where can they find me on social media, Clancy?
1: Well, they can find you at Josh Watching TV. That's Josh Watching TV without the G. Yeah. Um, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And where could they find me if they so choose?
0: clancy c l n c y clancy but without the a on twitter and instagram as well and you know follow the show non plus pod everywhere um instagram twitter facebook yeah oh my goodness anyway i think we're good yeah i think we are too thank all you right. for joining us yeah we check out the patreon mischief merch i think that's it all the things all the things you ready to wrap this up baby Yes, I am. All right. That over there is Clancy. And that there is Josh. And this has been nonplussed. I'm nonplussed. Quest complete. Bye. I never had an accident six years living in california never not one accident
1: i had two but that's okay one of them is not my fault the other one was very much my fault um (laughs) are you counting the one for when we were going to the airport when you had to get me to the airport for mom's memorial i've been in three accidents (laughs)